0: You are listening to Red Centre, your guide to digital cinema, filmmaking and cutting-edge
1: imaging. Hi and welcome to this week's Red Centre, episode number 77, which is my lucky number. And uh, I'm joined, actually not in the studio, but uh, from location by Jason Wingrove. How are you, Jason?
0: I'm very well, mate. Your lucky number. Excellent.
1: It is, actually. All uh, three of my uh, names, my first name, my middle name, my last name, all uh, seven letters long. It has been my lifelong lucky number. But don't worry, it isn't the uh, pin number for my ATM uh, cash-out <laughs> machine. Um, so we've got a lot to discuss this week. Uh, we are going to be discussing the new um, announcements to do with the Epic, the Epic M, and the uh, renaming of the uh, Scarlet S35. We're also going to be discussing... And then renaming, uh, and then renaming, And then the, and then the renaming. Uh, we're also going to be discussing what's going on in uh, with our friends in New Zealand, uh, with uh, Mr. Jackson, and... Mm. Uh, and uh, having a look at some gear coming up uh, in the uh, in in later in the show, but um, let 's start uh, and get into it because it might be a little bit of a quick show today because we're um, actually on killer schedule oh there 's one other thing we need to discuss i 'd like to discuss our incredibly interesting uh, Ari raw shoot that we did uh, last week, which oh, yes uh, um, was i, I believe uh, if not. One of then the world's first Ari Raw recording, certainly, I think the world's first ARI stereo raw recording um, uh, session, which was done with uh, the Codex box, and uh, terribly interesting, so we're going to be discussing that um, coming up. But let's get to the news first.
0: and now, the red Setter news. Okay, yeah, so obviously it's been uh, quite a week in red news, uh, like a week in politics, uh, lots of things changing, Not of nothing really necessarily out the door yet, but uh, imminently so, apparently. Uh, the first thing, and probably the the biggest and probably potentially the, the closest to um, shipping stuff, would be um, the announcement of Epic M's. Um, so we've talked before Mike about the tattoo program you know being ex- too expensive for red to expand unfortunately uh, and to continue with so given that um, every tattoo camera was to be hand assembled and hand machined and lovingly put together by um, you know Swiss uh, Swiss versions at high altitude, uh, I, um, I guess there was uh, must have been a fresh delivery of Red Bull to Lake Forest because Jim announced the epic M. Or Which m standing for machined, so obviously the epic itself is the standard epic is ready to be shipped it's all prepped for production and that's all been sent out, and they're building the production lines now uh, so that obviously leaves a bit of a gap on the benches there at um, at red, so the thought was, well look, if people do want to pay that extra that it was too hard for for red to pay um you know for uh, for extra money, you could actually have a essentially a tattoo built for you hand machined uh, hand hand built and um uh, so essentially they put together a package for, uh, called the epic m which uh would be a hand machine, you know, an Epic M-Brain with a titanium PL mount, which I think was going to be an option uh, on the regular... I just Epic. stop you there, I think, I think you've just hit on one of the most confusing things
1: about this. Uh, you just okay. said with an Epic M-Brain, but I think that right there is the, uh, is the... Well, that's the landmine of the naming system that they've come up with, because you've got a Red 1 M and MX, as in Mysterium and Mysterium X. Uh, to True. call it an Epic M... And it say has, it has an Epic M brain. It sort of implies that it has not the MX chip in it, which of course it completely does have the MX chip. And I think that having a Red One M and a Red One MX, and then having an Epic M, which has got a completely different Mness than the Epic, the Red One M, is just and they're a, calling a poor decision.
0: the regular Epic is now going to be called Epic X. <laughs> Yes, so, and so that yeah. sort
1: of really implies that it's like uh, you know an M and an M X, and I could imagine people falling into that trap. Perhaps yeah. not the very astute, highly intellectual, and highly motivated listeners to this podcast, of but course, other people no, could none easily of them like be confused. Producer types. No, this is all completely uh, clear. clear by the time I yeah. finish. This will be you know crystal. But I do think that it's um, it's uh, a shame that they had to go with M and X. Uh, though clearly there's some kind of uh, maybe Jim's lucky letter is M. Uh, as my number is seven. But, anyway, go on. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I think it That's is all just right.
0: uh, Well, look, there's only going to be 100 of them, so there's probably not a lot of uh, confusion out there in the rental or purchase sort of world, I guess. So the idea is that before the production epic ship there's a bit of a window there where they, which they could probably get 100 of these out the door, and I guess Jim was just flying it up the flagpole, who was interested. Um, you get, uh, so the epic brain... I'm guessing it's probably going to be slightly different looking maybe being, you know, a machined look. It's probably going to be a bit closer to what Tattoo was um, or that sort of gunmetal look that we saw in some of the earlier builds or that two-tone look. A Bomb EVF, a five-inch touchscreen LCD, uh, all machined, side handle machined, side SSD module and a red mote. Um, again, all of this, if you remember there was an early shift in red one from sort of machined parts to cast parts i'm not suggesting that there were and there was some issues with those but there was definitely a difference in sort of the you know the way they felt and and you know and and the the finish Uh, i'm not suggesting that production epics are going to be any less than fantastic but you know there was that sort of difference in sort of feel and look um if you're into that kind of thing um, a machined red moat, four 128 gig SSD cards and four batteries and a charger and the total price was going to be 58 grand now uh, obviously Jim had and I'm, everyone had sort of fully appreciated that, that the interest may then drop off there but I reckon I'm pretty sure they're going to have 100 orders already um, uh, I mean what was interesting was it was the pre-ordering sort of system was. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Rat Race Mike with John Cleese you ever seen that film? Oh,
1: look, I think it was a, you know, watch on the plane. I fell asleep halfway through. Not very good film. <laughs> is that what we're talking about?
0: That's a love. It's a great film. It's terrific. Okay. You should give it another chance. But anyway, Jean Cleese basically is in charge of giving everybody, you know, this competition to give these random people $2 million by being the first to get to this locker in New Mexico. And uh, so the idea just says, okay, so the first to get to this locker in New Mexico wins. Uh, okay. Uh, anybody? Uh, hello? You're in a race. First to win, the closest to the door is actually winning now. So go. Um, so it's kind of like essentially there was no sort of going by the numbers, going by the. Um, by is it model just numbers. on the, I thought it was actually by model numbers. Well, it kind of, essentially, it was. Look, if you if you want people who are following along happen to be here, if you're interested, go for it. Obviously, I think if they get 150 orders, then they might start looking at you know who's got. Um, you know, I, I thought he said it was history. being done by history, and I thought the that was an original was... post. Yeah, and then I think later on he just said, "Look, essentially, just get your order in." So uh, I, there may well be some preferences uh, again if they get more than a hundred, but I think they probably will. I, I imagine that if you've got, if you've got an Epic M, I reckon that thing is not going to stay on the bench. That is not going to stay on the shelf. It's going to be out. It's going to be one of the early Epics. I mean, essentially the production epic we're imagining it's going to be before nab but who knows if these things could still be delayed again in which case you have then still got the only sort of you know one of the few epics in the world these things are going to be snapped up um even even if you might even get calls from somebody who's um you know already got a production in 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 uh rolling and then they need more bit more more brains you know as we will touch on with with um the Hobbit, you know, if they have an issue with cameras or they decide they need more units, you know, hey, they're probably going to put the fingers out, to, the feelers out to people who have, have got these machines and they're going to slot straight into their gear, slot straight into their 3D rigs. Um, so, look, I imagine th- at 58 grand, this is still completely, completely a bargain, wouldn't you say? If you go ahead and, t- if you go to the Red Store and it's roughly sort of, if you look at some of the old figures we've been talking about for prices, these, you know, this is, um, I think this is still works out to be good money.
1: I, I did some rough calcs, and I mean, you can't price these properly for two reasons. No. One, because you said they're machine, and secondly, because you, you don't have just a rate card of all these things you can look up. Kind of got the vibe, uh, and also I was talking with uh, Jason Diamond, as you know, a, a good uh, friend of the show, and we reckon that a 28,000 Epic is here included with about 20,000 worth of stuff. I could be wrong. I'd love someone to equip yeah. me an exact number. Giving that it about stage a two ten, package, giving it about a ten thousand dollar premium at fifty eight, yeah. if that makes sense. Uh, so you're paying for an epic and its bits and a bit of a premium on top, um, as opposed to getting a killer deal where you yeah. buy it for twenty eight and they throw a bunch of stuff in. worth well, there's a the bunch first of week money. or two. Yeah, there's the first week or two rentals paid for that gap. Um, and. Yeah, so that's basically... uh, And then the thing is, do you want to spend the 58? And I've got to say, like, there's two things here. Firstly, we have to assume, because I think it's the only valid assumption, that it's going to be working pretty well when it comes out of the gate, better than Red 1 was right out of the gate. Um, I know we didn't rent our Red 1 out for, I'm going to say, three months when we first got it because it was so brand new. The workflow was so new, we wanted to make sure everything worked. Absolutely. Um, now I hope that it wouldn't be the case with the uh, with this because it's
0: an MX chip in there as we've discussed yep. already, and, and obviously the know, tattoo program's kind of done its work. You know, Jim has already said that these are meant to be production ready. Everything you'd need to shoot a feature, go ahead and do it. Obviously, some of these fu- the firmware updates. There's going to be firmware updates along the way. But has uh, he said whether obviously- the HDRX is included in this release? I don't believe it is. Yeah, I think he's basically said, look, some stuff's not going to be switched on, uh, on on launch. And if you don't know what those things are, then you're not the customer we thought you were. <laughs> now that <laughs> oh, clearly makes on. me... So that, I still then had to go, hmm, which ones are they? So I'm presuming that's probably going to be Touch Focus and uh, HDRX. Um, I love it, it was yeah, Touch I'm, Focus I'm... And, and I love HDRX was included. Um, and as yeah. part of this discussion, they also
1: announced the, the renaming of Scarlett... S35 to
0: Epic Epic S was Mm. Epic Light for a day, wasn't it, or half a day? It was Epic Light until everyone said, "Dude, come on, who's going to? No one wants to buy light anything." No, okay, (laughs) certainly not light beer. So Epic S, okay, so that's
1: Scarlet 34. Now that's interesting because a lot of people, including you, said, "I don't get the Scarlet Super
0: 35 model. Why isn't that just an Epic?" I mean, I remember you saying that. Yeah. Yeah, for long for a long while I've been sort of working out. Hang on, why isn't one going to vamp off the other? I mean, this has a, a, been a marketing question in my brain for you know whatever six months a year. So um, yeah, it's gone to Epic S, but I think they're going to now. I'm a bit grey on the HDRX thing, but I believe obviously what they're going to do is peg some stuff at peg peg the frame per second at uh, sixty. And uh, I think the H- – I'm sure I read that the HDRX wasn't going to be included, which would sort of make sense, really. But, but the HDRX was going to be included
1: uh, for an additional price in the Scarlet range, so I can't see how yeah. it wouldn't be in the Epic X unless it's not in the Epic S at first shipment. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because HDRX, I think, is about the strongest string in the bow of, of Epic right now, apart from form factor oh. and – Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I mean – so you got Epic X, which is actually the Scarlet Super 35. Epic yep. X, which is just to say a normal one. Epic M, yep. which is the uh, cool machined ones. Uh, please print T-shirts now. And we're yes. still going ahead with the Scarlet two-thirds inch and the and, um, fixed and stuff.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: But do it's we still, know when any of on. these other non-M um, cameras are going to ship?
0: Don't ask me. I don't know. I've been trolling through this stuff for ages and I still can't tell you. Uh well yeah, before um before before NAB, before April for um for Epic X. Um Scarlet thirty five. Scarlet has always been is always going to be trailing behind, but they're definitely going to be two thousand eleven. There will not be like Delivery is not going to be trailing out into year after next. It's you know something's changed something you change um, okay <laughs> now coupled with all of this is so the look that's why I think the other thing sorry I think that's why Epic oh, M okay. is you know that is a given that is you put your money down you can get it like December or January so you know I th- I think if you're really keen on this just who knows what will subject to change? This is something that theoretically is on the table right now. If you want it, get it. If you're really desperate, uh, you know, uh, we know a few people already. As you say, Jason Diamond's toying with it. Uh, Mark Toyer, I know, has put his money down. Um, uh, Tom Lowe from Timescapes has uh, ordered. So, I mean, these are just people that we know. But uh, I think, you know, if you si- if you really physically want to get your hands on one, this is a given way of getting it. <laughs> okay, but let, let me change. ask you this as a director, and I'm playing devil's advocate.
1: Uh If you're on a job and you had a choice between an MX Red One and an Epic M with an MX chip (laughs) um, (laughs) and it doesn't have the HDRX enabled, then how do you justify the Epic?
0: Well, uh, you could justify it by the frame rates without having to um, go to crop sensor. Uh, Well, when was the last time you shot off speed in your commercials? Off-speed in my particular commercials, not much, but off-speed on stuff like Seapool all the time. Um, okay. Fitting, okay inside so... a car, fitting inside a car, small, space, compact, portable, handheld, without um, having to look over and see my DP just sort of looking out the corner of his eyes like, sort of, can we cut now, please? Um, you know, it, I, I like to do quite long runs. I like to do handheld. So anything that's small and light and compact, even if I'm not running off-speed, if I can... Um, um yeah, not have to
1: Because um, without HDRX yep. there should be no visible difference in a nineteen twenty by ten eighty commercial that's finished between something that was shot on a red MX and an Epic. Am I am I I mean that's a valid assertion, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. So in terms of the finished product. Yeah. So yeah, right, you're sure, saying that it's a production you, plus. It's a what? It's a, this is purely – this is more for production and shooting. I mean, you know, it's not, it's not going to necessarily help your final product. This is like on shooting compromises in terms of rigging, portability, um, or for the stills I mean, guys, the guys that want to get
1: into that equation, and I can justify it and then some twice yeah. before getting out of bed in the morning, right? Yeah. Because there's a ton of yeah. – in your car example, for example – you'd be holding much better what's out the windows and inside the car and would make for a better car commercial. So I just think right out of the gate, the second you put HDR in there, I just, I'm just i just asking no, the question manoeuvre.
0: No, it's the, it's the position, I mean, more for the car. It's positionable, you know, putting rigging stuff, all the kind of stuff that makes 5D great for car rigs, uh, getting stuff right in <laughs> so, the corner So hang of on, let's back up for a second. So we've got this $58,000 EPIC
1: without any lenses on it. And we're happy to stick it on a car rig when there are only 100 of them in the world and the chance of getting inside:
0: is Or inside the car, maybe. <laughs> I'm just well, out. <laughs> may I remind you what we did a week or so mm. ago, Mike, where we stuck stuck one of the only three F, uh, Sony F3s on the bonnet of my car and drove it across the harbour bridge. <laughs> with a. That is true,
1: that. but we didn't hang it off the side. <laughs> no, okay, no, fair enough. No, that's true.
0: Fair enough. Guilty okay. as charged. All right, true, all right. True. Going on. Look, I, on. look, yeah. I mean, again, it, it, the the production epic is is not is not a given, albeit subject to change. This is on the table. We'll start picking up the screwdriver right now as soon as your money clears. So I don't know that that's got to be worth something to somebody. If you can start renting something now and paying it off and get in the door first. Um, uh, you know, people people will pay for that, even even if it is just wank factor. There's going to be people who also who want to want to get it on their set just just because. And as I say lightweight, small, you know, compact. Strip it down to something really, really minimal. Car rigs, shoulder, handheld, over cranking without having to crop. Plenty of plenty the, of reasons. The
1: one the one really obvious one for me is stereo because this will be stereo-enabled at M uh, battle stage. Right. And okay. if you're trying to do a stereo shoot, then having yes. two Epics is a huge plus because there's just the physical weight and size of the Red Ones versus the Epics. It would make yeah. uh, immense sense. Um, uh, and, so, yeah. and, and that dovetails well into the news posted on the new news section of the Red One, uh, red.com red site, about uh, our friends in New Zealand. Um, and yes. Uh, Peter Jackson
0: yeah absolutely. so I mean obviously we have sort of kind of mentioned this before, but uh, obviously it's officially confirmed now that um, that uh, Peter Jackson will be shooting the hobbit with with epic and will be shooting stereo uh, what was a pretty impressive or quite amazing is that he was he 's going to require thirty cameras for this, uh, obviously two for each rig. Um, but uh, and obviously they'll have effects. I guess they'll have miniature unit, all that sort of stuff like they would have done, like they did for the last, for the last show.
1: Um,
0: Though, but just
1: just point out that stereo miniatures is actually a really interesting topic. Because
0: hmm. the yes. one thing that stereo gives you is a sense of scale. Can't really, yes. So sorry. Okay, then. Well done. Just okay. It's m- micro rat hole for a moment, then. Does it actually physically work? If you increase your interocular, are you making small things look Yeah, you just have to pretend
1: that it's, it's different. Be,
0: well, yeah, because no. you, you need to shoot it. It's the exact opposite of shooting uh,
1: natural landscape and making it look like a diorama. Um, you have to micro-interocular. Well, you would have a lot of separation on something that was six feet away. You have to have virtually none because it's as if you're shooting yes. something that's a, a mile away. But anyway, yeah, it's just a... It just, if you're, you know, you're a miniature guy and you're used to that equation about, you know, you scale water and blah, blah, by the frame mm. rate, invert, square, but yeah. Well, that just changes a lot when you do stereo. I, I personally don't have any doubt that Weta can pull it off. They're totally able to do it. But what I'm saying is it's just going to be an interesting um, thing because, you know, for example, in the first Lord of the Rings, they had that great in-camera, move the camera around and uh, force perspective. Not going to work so well yeah. with
0: stereo. Right, yes. Yes, one eye can see, uh, yeah, see the Perfectly, and the other one yes. goes,
1: hang on a second.
0: <laughs> anyway, I, that's, that's fine. There's a lot of CGI, CGI water under the bridge at Wetter since uh, the last ones, and there's probably going to be a oh, lot more, they right, can totally a lot do more it. of that it's just, and a lot
1: less minutes. It's just a shame it'll stop a lot of the old-school techniques. I mean, a forced yeah. perspective painting does not work in stereo the yeah. way that a forced perspective painting works in um you know, In a single eye, which is totally fine, and I think that there will be no one keener to see The Hobbit than I. I, I think it'll be mm. terrific, but I'm just pointing out that it will actually introduce a whole lot of really interesting aspects to those that are keeping score on the uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy and Hobbit uh, films.
0: Um, interesting. Interesting as to why—not that necessarily this is why it's come about—but but, but uh, The Hobbit is, is Jim's favorite book, he says. So that's an interesting sort of link there. Not that that's why he would be uh, working to make this 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 project happen, but uh, it's just you know it's just another little interesting aside that he's going to love to see. Obviously, this thing is not going to come out till you know two thousand and twelve for the first for the first film. But uh now the director that was
1: going to do this moved on, right? The The Hobbit, and obviously. Peter Jackson's now directing, but his DOP yeah, right. is still
0: going to. The DOP from Pan's Labyrinth is still doing the cinematography, right? Am I right? In thinking? Right. So the Pan's Labyrinth. So the, okay. So just backing up for a minute, what I had originally presumed was to be Andrew Lesney, Lesney who had done the original uh, yeah. Lord of the Rings trilogy, Academy Awards, won Academy Awards for it, would be doing it. And I was quite well, surprised to see Guillermo Navarro, DOP, God. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew absolutely. Lesney, we're not worthy. Yeah. No, we're not worthy. Who, uh, so, no, Guillermo Navarro, who's now uh, shooting it. Uh, so he was originally slated to do it when, if um, I forget, forget his name, the uh, director of Pan's Labyrinth was going to do Help Hobbit. Is that right? Uh,
1: yeah, I think that, I mean, like, I I have no idea. There's I have no inside knowledge. I presume that it's just because Andrew Lesney uh, was otherwise booked and that, um, you know, obviously from the work on Pan's Labyrinth that... Uh, uh, sorry, not from the work of Panzer, when they were doing the pre production on A Hobbit and it got delayed, um, that because uh, Del Toro was. Uh, Del Toro, yeah. Uh, worked obviously and the two closely two in, in New Zealand for a long time. In uh, New Zealand, and so presumably right. he brought him in as a DOP when they were doing preparation work, and then gotcha. Del Toro's moved on, and his DOP said, "Well, you know, I'm happy to stay on because I think it's I'll all day
0: for the <laughs> to make my life's earnings
1: in three years." Well, but I think also it, it's a from what I can understand from everything I've read and heard on the back channels, it's a very friendly all round kind of deal. It's not as if there is any falling out, bitchiness, or sure. nastiness inside the. Uh, Hobbit camp. There may be some stuff with the studios, but I mean, as yeah. far as all of these people go, there's not like uh, Del Toro walked off in a huff or anything. So I'm sure it's yeah. all good. Uh, why Andrew Lissy's not doing it, I don't know. But you know, for all we know, Andrew Lissy's booked on some other mega thing and, and not able to do it.
0: Look, it's another long term thing. It's a massive relocation to a country you don't you know you don't live in. Uh, with the whole family thing. It's a major life thing, you know, uh, uh, putting yourself on a picture like this. Not that anybody, I know, would really turn it down, but, it, you know, there's some major uh, life changes to, that go along with it because it's, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a long chunk of your life and you may not want to yeah. do it a second time around.
1: Navarro actually did, I think, The Long Kiss Goodnight. Is that right?
0: I yeah, which I know. haven't seen, but... Oh, really? Because um... I was
1: going to say, it's an astonishingly good film, um, even though... You know, uh, it wasn't sort of a big box office success. I think it, I, yeah. just, I personally just liked it a lot. Um, and interestingly, and I think it he might also, get loud, which is. I, yeah. Is that what you're going to? I think he say? also did. No, though that was a sensationally great film. No, I was going to mm. say he also did, uh, I think, uh, some of the Spy Kids stuff, which I don't know if that was the stereo stuff or not for Spy Kids. Yes, but, yes. He's a bit of
0: a collaborator with. Um, he obviously did bike. Hellboy, and uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, it might get loud. By the way, just complete aside, nothing to do with anything. But if you uh, just even vaguely ever once bought a copy of the NME, you need to go and watch. It might get loud. Um, well,
0: even if you didn't, it, it just it's just an uh, just outstanding from the first. It doesn't get any better sort of, than that. Yeah, it is amazing. Yeah, amazing. It uh, is a
1: sensational piece of documentary filmmaking, and it is not what you expect it to be. It's not a. Um, compile of why this guy's a guitar god it's uh just an extraordinarily well-made film from the guys that made um uh the um earth documentary with uh the vice president what was it called you know um oh uh, right uh inconvenient truth inconvenient truth yeah right But i've heard those but guys talking like and yeah. obviously um this is a super rat hole but yeah just a a really well-shot, well-made documentary that is interesting to watch. Um, I have now watched it several times. And even the outtakes are brilliant. I haven't done um, that um,
0: Okay, so... so There's not a lot, a tonne of other news outside of uh, the Red World, I must say.
1: Well, no, not really. I mean, there's some stuff that's been appearing um, with the D7000, the... Nikon, and I really want to get my hands on one. I haven't been able to get my hands on one so far. I don't know about you, but... Um, no,
0: no, not at all. Increasingly at
1: all. getting itchy to film with that. It does seem like it's uh, solved a lot of problems. I saw some... Did you see this uh, clip that was shot at the show? Somebody put a card in one and tried to do a rolling shutter
0: test, and um, it yeah. looked pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it looked pretty good. It uh, seems to be much uh, much reduced, and, you yeah, know, it looks reasonably sharp, and, yeah, I mean, it lo- looked quite crunchy, so I imagine it had a sort of... You know, a sort of typical kind of you know factory preset on to make everything look happy and shiny and nice and new, but uh, it uh, yeah, I mean you could could already tell that uh, a lot of the stuff that we've sort of derided and obviously the codec changed, so a lot of the stuff we derided uh, can, uh, Nikon's efforts for in the past that seemed to be out the window. They they too are um, listening.
1: Yeah. So, look, um, I wanted to talk, if I could, about our ARRI shoot last week because I thought it was yeah, uh, yeah. super interesting. Um, mm. This is a thing that we've been planning for a while. Now, we mentioned, I think, last week on the show, um, Jase, you weren't actually involved in this particular shoot, no, no particular reason, though you had been involved in earlier parts of the same um, uh, sort of yes, sequence of with, testing. with like this, with MX. Sorry. Yeah, early MX yeah, builds, yes. Yeah, you did, you did MX. Uh, this is an ARRI stereo shoot. Um, we were shooting for something coming up in FX PhD, which um, you'd be a good guess if you thought that it might be next term, but I'm not saying that out loud. And um, what we wanted to do was look at uh, shooting stereo with the ARRI, but we wanted to do it using ARRI RAW. Now, a lot of people have been shooting in the SBS cards, and happily so with the ARRIs, and certainly we did. We shot you and I in uh, NAB, didn't we? Yeah, I think it was when we shot yeah. first with the SXS. Yeah,
0: S/S. yeah, first sort of real shoots with it, really.
1: And uh, at that stage, it wasn't even in um, – well, I guess it wasn't even an alpha. But, yeah, they shot with it then, and we um, happily took the SYS cards, downloaded it, and that went out in a podcast that we did from NAV last year. We we weren't keen to go back into a stereo shoot with it um, in the uh, – S /S mode only because we kind of felt like we wanted to go for the Arri RAW thing. We wanted to see what the RAW would give us. The RAW files, interestingly, while they have the same field of view, are actually up at about 2.5K in resolution. So it's not that you get for the S /S cards a cropped in 1920x1080. You get 1920x1080 down res from the 2.5K version that you record in the RAW. Now, the RAW is um, where you're going to see all of the latitude advantages that you have from this camera there's nothing wrong with s and you can shoot s in a number of different formats on the day jace we were shooting the s cards in uh, 444 in a log mode um, but it's ProRes 444 so
0: there's still some compression right. and okay. um but, but all the, 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 most of the colour information is there for you to, you know, if you're doing King or whatever. So it'll do 444, but it probably is 444 to the S by S cards. But doesn't only give you that at 1920
1: full... by 1080 and, yeah, right, with some yes, compression.
0: Of course, because the what camera itself do... is like 3K or something, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, whether it's or three, closer. whether it's two and a half, I don't want to argue Something the like that. numbers. It's, yeah, it no, certainly uh, would be good to blow it up a little bit. If you're doing three, uh, sorry, stereo as we were, it'd be good to know you've got some uh, space there. If you wanted to just shoot everything a little sloppy and then blow it up a bit to mm. allow for uh, corrections, we had some really great onset monitoring. So better than when you and I shot stereo, we actually had proper. I know. Uh, I, I saw
0: i saw what you had and it was quite astounding uh yeah um, it was quite astounding. and the director for this was uh, richard gibson now richard's a
1: terrific director um just an a-grade uh, director does a lot of work internationally and richard um happily uh helped actually develop the script for this one and um we really appreciate the work of him and the team at luscious for a huge contribution to the to the shoot and just making it a, a, a really enjoyable experience all around I, Obviously, I really enjoyed shooting with you, Jace. But
0: um, as you know, I Absolutely. have a lot of respect also for Richard. Of course, um, yes. So, so that's uh, yeah going to come up in uh, potentially. It may, it may or may not uh, arrive in uh, um, future. In the future of FX PhD.
1: Yeah, the big thing to call out on this is to do the RAW recording, we needed to get a beta copy oh, of yeah. the RAW out of um, ARRI, which we did, and then we were recording with a Codex box. So the Codex box is, um, for those of you who don't know, it's a box that clips on top of one of the two ARRIs, and then it has a digital magazine, which is a um, an SSD, like a solid-state uh, magazine, and the solid-state magazine is really... Um, like military spec kind of it yeah uses this the, um, is beautifully SLC. beautifully
0: made everything codex makes is fantastic and uh, um, uh fantastic uh locking system onto the uh, camera beautiful bracketry top handles all designed it's custom designed for the alexa beautiful even just like the desktop dock is just gorgeous kind of lock and load sort of mechanism it's just that they really know how to make stuff um, the, the interesting thing, I think you said, Mike, was that even though you're recording stereo, you can do both cameras with one codex, yeah?
1: Yeah, they use this um, SLC memory, which is basically, normally when you're using solid state memory and like for a hard drive, it would be a MLC, which is like a lot cheaper. And the reason yeah. the LS- SLC is used, it's, it's military grade, but it has this uh, property whereby it maintains a very strong consistency of bandwidth What can happen with the MLC is that you've got really fast bandwidth, then it takes a beat or two, and then it goes back to high bandwidth again, which obviously isn't a problem if you're copying a file. You wouldn't even notice that momentary drop. But if you're recording two stereo streams, you need it to be recording um, every frame. It has to be able to deliver the bandwidth so it can record and not, of course, have to build some vast buffer to to deal with the the momentary uh, drops. And it's not like it drops The, the traditional... Memory it doesn't actually drop any frames, although I guess it could if you designed the product poorly, but it, it's just that it doesn't maintain a consistent bandwidth um, over an extended period of time. It has these sort of momentary uh, dips where it pauses, and that pause is fine when transferring data, shit when you're trying to record video. So that's why the codex is not cheap. Yeah, you can't uh, slow comes... your
0: camera down for a moment.
1: Yeah, exactly. But uh, they come in these 256-gig uh, or actually 512-gig solid-state uh, units, and those magazines record normally about 20 minutes, though in the stereo case we were recording two cameras raw, so we got 10 minutes, Ten minutes uh, right. from both cameras on one mag, as you said, and then we took it over to a, a docking station and uh, we went through that, and we're going to go through all of this workflow and uh, show the comparisons and show how it keyed and the visual effects and everything else. Uh, in Fantastic. Playing, um, I'm particularly interested more,
0: I guess, in also just in terms of just, you know, latitude, gradability or any of that sort of stuff and the difference between going with the onboard raw versus going S by S because obviously, I mean, it's it's just just to weigh up for different productions. Do you want, you know, the higher res, what, what, what are the payoffs and what's the pluses and minuses, I guess, would be good to know.
1: Yeah, I did a second shoot on Thursday of last week where we shot at uh, maximum ISO on the camera. So we wound it up to, I think, at 1650 ISO. And it was just hysterical, and we were shooting green screen and stuff with it. Both that case we shot, I think, uh, without the s-log to a 444, no, 422 ProRes HQ, because I thought, well, that's a kind of a standard ProRes. Let's see if you up the ISO, and we shot that versus. Um, shooting raw whether we'd have any noticeable uh difference so we did that and so we have that comparison for green screen tests and sort of for low light tests. obviously on the day of the stereo shoot we're just trying to get the best darn footage we possibly can and we had uh ultra primers
0: on there and it was just gorgeous and we were shooting it because you're doing cgi or you're doing a visual effects with Mm -hmm. this footage right that's that's
1: yeah thanks to our friends at allura in melbourne who are helping with the visual effects and uh shout out to peter webb who's the vfx soup on that um yeah, fantastic. so look, there's a lot of really interesting stuff there, but I've got to say, very impressed with the uh, Ari. very impressed with the Codex.
0: Um, very impressed with the Codex and what they're, what they're developing, What they're, their whole mindset is really fantastic and, you know, and also uh, stuff they've got in the pipe. I was going to it's, say, yeah, uh, watch this space because you'll, yeah. you'll see Codex moving more and more
1: uh, into stuff that we'll, we'll be interested in and we're very keen to work with them more because we're impressed with the attitude also it's very professional gear and I've got to say Jace at the uh, at a function we had with the Australian Cinematographers Society several I think about four cinematographers actually commented that they thought this would just be a great standardized workflow to have something like a digital mag like that that was able to record raw that would be the sort of standard way everyone worked and that then somebody that really knew what they were doing would give you a really good uh, transcode from the RAW and there'd be a lot of consistency. And Codex is working on that. And I, I mean that to the extent that they're actually taking in 5D footage and other things uh, so that they can put it all into the same pipe and that gets fed down and out through to, um, to the rest of the post-production with all the metadata because this is pulling metadata off the uh, of high-tech data, all of yep. the cameras. Lens data, in,
0: talking, walking, talking 3D and you're doing CGI, it's all critical. In an XML
1: format um, so that it's uh, human-readable and all of that. So we're going to be covering a bunch more of that. And I definitely think this is a, a really interesting workflow moving forward. And it's not just for the ARRI. Um, they shot up in uh, Queensland for Narnia using Codex uh, for the um, uh, base oh, recording. F20,
0: F23s, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So we'll get more yeah. into that in, uh, when we have more time in upcoming weeks. And uh, Excellent. But it was really hardcore and, and a lot of fun. And huge thanks, as I say, to Richard Gibson, hell of a nice guy, um, and Andrew, his producer from Luscious, both really, really nice guys, really appreciated them, um, it was just phenomenal fun having doing that, i got to tell you had a good time, I did me, <laughs> thanks, well Jace uh, maybe we should uh, switch to gear now, and yes. our gear section
0: and now the Red Center Gear Guide yeah, well I've got a few little things, uh, actually the first bit, I guess a bit of software, which I just got pinged about this morning, which is um, I mean, I remember Lightworks do you remember Lightworks, the the uh, uh, nonlinear editing system. Absolutely. Yeah, I guess it kind of just faded away, didn't it? Really. Did it? Yeah. What happened to it? Yeah, I think it just kind of just went, and just avid and Final Cut Pro kind of killed it a bit, and I sort of sat in the sat in the background there for a while. And uh, it looks like I guess this is the parent company, uh, EditShare, who I, mm-hmm. I guess owns the intellectual property on it. I guess is bringing back Lightworks, but as a I think an open source. I think they've got a beta on at the moment, whether the software itself is going to be paid for at uh, at the end of the day. But I think the idea is that the software is going to be free and then you're going to pay for plugins or effects add-ons and things. But uh, for the moment, you can actually... Unfortunately, only if you're a Windows person, I got quite excited. I thought, oh, this is cool. I remember Lightworks. Great. Oh, damn, PC. (laughs) So if you go to lightworksbeta.com, um, there's a, a, a demo as of today, uh, a beta as of today, downloadable, uh, and that's you know it, it can does 3D. It looks like they've completely updated the. It's not like you're downloading the old version. It looks like it's reasonably updated and obviously works on, you know, newer processors and stereo editing. And it looks like it's got you know what so most of the NLEs have these days of resolution independent timelines and lets you do multicam and real time effects and. Uh, uh, theoretically, primary and secondary uh, color correcting in in real time, so it looks looks it looks quite interesting. Worth a look anyway at LightWorksBeta dot com for those PC uh, red header people. Excellent, <coughs> yeah. Hey, um, something Excellent.
1: else that uh, caught my eye um, was a new little monitor for um, you know just uh, sticking on a five D or whatever. Um, though I haven't really investigated it, and I must admit, I am now going to be completely. Uh, guilty of what I, I often hate, <laughs> which is people commenting on a press release. But as it's only well, just it uh, been only announced, just come did you do you, you know anything about this? This is the um, yeah, the this is
0: from ICANN, which is the VH7, I think, which is a seven-inch monitor. Now, um, uh, I mean, full marks to ICANN for sort of bringing it and packaging it all up. I think it's this. I think the underneath of it is a uh, what they call a LilyPut li- li- monitor. I th- think you may have. I oh, think okay. you may have seen this monitor in another guy's, at, okay, maybe yeah. down in that Melbourne, um, uh, the yeah. Melbourne photo show. Uh, but I think the uh, trick with it, obviously, is you know it's seven inch. It's got HDMI. It has a quarter inch mount on the bottom of it, and you know there is a lot of people have with this have this monitor, and it's a really good. Uh, uh, they've got like a five D. Uh, Like battery plates, accessory battery plates, and you can probably change, choose, choose your battery plate. Uh, Does it say a price here, Mike? He said, "Fully, completely following on with the uh, people who um, announce things, but don't actually have the background."
1: Well, I think, I think Uh, that um, uh, I don't think it actually does has the price, but I do think that the reason I mentioned it is for something much more comprehensive than that, which is I wanted to flag something that David sent us. a little while ago, David uh, is um, a listener and somebody that does uh, some really good stuff and he was interested in a discussion that we had on the small HD versus the Marshall HD SLR monitor. Right. And uh, I think this was in episode 72. Um, David flagged uh, that he, and again in a I mean, it's sort of a joking way, he described it as the uh, the monitor battle. But he's um, got a blog, which is uh, endlesspicnic.com slash blog. And on that, he actually posted uh, quite a bit of a detailed comparison between the uh, monitor that I happen to have bought and the monitor that you happen to have bought. Now, I think I should point out here that
0: we are not really into a us-versus-them kind of mentality. No, but I'm but getting the... pretty over the this killer of that killer camera and sure. this, this battle. And I don't think thing David thing. is aiming to do no, that no, I think not. David
1: is just trying to provide a... A sensible rundown but but i actually have had emails from people saying hey would you buy the small hd or the marshall uh, monitor yeah same um so i thought it was uh really worth flagging this and also he's done what i would have done had i had the time
0: energy and uh and thought of it (laughs) yeah (laughs) which is to
1: sort of compare the two
0: yes absolutely i think he's also what compared with something which previously wasn't released when i bought mine but also since then i've actually had a, a play with it and it's really good is the little marshall five inch monitor uh which is a really tiny i guess you'd almost call it a bit i of think a, it's a, too small myself the, i i i understand I've not the shot with we'll like it, it but uh yeah, yeah. i'm not shot with it but it's interesting it's um uh a bit of a plant a fantastic plastic sort of uh you know 500 dollar kind of 599 i think uh, cheap and cheerful um, yeah. but uh, yeah at com slash blog I think he um, has a bit of a rundown of of those uh, the 5 inch Marshall is really light 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 and you know and very small it, well, I mean I guess is, it what, depends 5. on
1: 5.6 inches uh, um, your small HD uh, yes 5.6 5.6 5. but, 5. but
0: a much high, yeah. but a higher resolution uh, I think the small HD is um, is, is a higher res uh, I think the your 7 inch uh, Marshall and i think mm-hmm. the um the 5 inch Marshall is like 800 by 480 or so like maybe yours is um uh 800 by 480 yeah 800 by 480 and i think the small hd is is more <laughs> yes 1280 uh, uh, by 800, 12, 12 800 by, yeah. 1280 by 800 yes exactly so yeah. um obviously not that the signal coming out of no. the five D is no, by isn't it? No, this is true. But you know, as we've said with lenses, buying gear that is uh, not necessarily for the camera you have today. Um, so I fully imagine that uh, if I bought this one, I might be able to use it with a Scarlet. Which has now changed its name, or I might be able to use it for something else that have you know a higher output than than you know the, the essentially the HDMI output out of five Ds and seven Ds is not great and you don't um, and really only playback that you get um, really good focus judging. Um, so for all of these, it actually comes down to the functions of guessing focus. Uh, like contour and uh, up peaking rather and um uh fo- you know focus assist and stuff like that it comes down to you know how how well the the the, the monitor handles the um so you know how ha- the signal so there's really, again there is no real winner but it was a, it's a great you know just a good summary of someone who yeah, really Yeah I think, really I think had the a thing hands-on. is yeah exactly I think
1: uh done a really good summary I honestly couldn't have done a better job in writing it up in a kind of a balanced and sensible way. So rather than even try and... um go through it, I think we should just send people to endlesspicnic.com slash blog. I'm going to thank David for emailing us about that. And, yes, and thank you me. know, honestly, this is the kind of sensible, constructive discourse that uh, I totally applaud. You see this kind of stuff from, from Stu, you see this kind of stuff from a bunch of other people. Uh, this is what we want, just a sensible discussion about what's right, and then you can make your own choices as to uh, what kind of gear you go yeah. with. Yeah, um,
0: and with all of it, base it on, you know, the cameras that, you know, you haven't got yet, the camera they haven't even invented yet, you know, same with the gla- glass and, and you know, your accessories. Don't invest you know three thousand dollars on a dSLr rig that's only going to be used for dSLr rig make it make it something that you know well with a bit of an adaption i know i'm know to, to put a i'm gonna be able to put a, uh, a an epic on this or a scarlet on this or, or something else you know just uh, have a bit of a think for what's coming next because you know things are changing fast trust us we've done a podcast on this for three years. Um, stepping back a moment to that ICANN monitor that is four forty nine from ICANNCORP.com with a that's a ICANN with a K. Uh, that's a ten twenty four by six hundred resolution. So and it has HDMI and VGI and composite and stuff. So, you know, again it's another it's another o- option. People have, have got those. Probably good to have a look at one of those in your hands and, you know, plug your monitor in and plug your particular camera in and see how it's not just the specs. It's it's how is the off-angle viewing? How does it handle, particularly with the five D, the the three or four different resolutions as you change from you know from different modes and playback and record modes on a five D? How the camera, how the monitor handles that? How long does it blank out before it gives you your um, image? Because if you go to roll and you are sitting at a black screen for three seconds, going, come on, show me the thing. Because you know a lot of the time five D stuff, you're you are chasing reality and reality does not stop for you so if you have to um uh if your monitor goes black for a few seconds you know it's not just like getting the talent to stand by for a moment till you say and action it's uh you know sometimes that little moment's moved on so it's worth sussing out all this stuff not just blogs and not just uh, um buying it off the H specs Anyway, <laughs> off the soapbox. We like we like buying it off the BNH folks, <laughs> We do, I particularly <laughs> like buying it particularly yeah. at the moment with the Australian dollar. It's uh, super excellent. Yeah. Um Me What like else it. did we have? Oh, look, I'm going to jump to audio for a minute here um, because jump away, Jase. Yeah, why not? I know I've sort of there's probably a million little uh, onboard recorders I've I've played with, but I think I don't know. I, I lent this a while ago to you, Mark. I'm not sure if you actually had a chance to get you it out of the You didn't lend
1: it to me. You showed it. To showed me. it to you. You so waved it I under did... my
0: nose and then swiftly took it away. Sorry, if I'd been there in person, you would could have had a, you could have a look at it. But this is oh, the, no, Zoom, the Zoom H1, which is a little portable recorder. Now this is obviously it, this is not like the um, uh, DR100, like the Tascam recorders or the Zoom H4M, which has XLR inputs. But uh, it still has a place, mainly because, first of all, because it is—if you're going to put mount this stuff on your camera—it's bloody small and and weighs like 60 grams. It, run, it has one double A battery on it, which runs it for like 10 hours. Yet it is a bit of a. Um, um, a powerhouse because it'll can can record like up to twenty four bit ninety six kilohertz. It can do auto and manual record levels. I mean, this is just
1: a this is a perfect companion piece to like a like a Sennheiser radio mic like we use. E- isn't ex- it really? Exactly
0: right. I mean, if particularly when the Sennheiser kits come with a three point five inch, uh, yeah. a, 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 a eighth inch mini jack output. So yes, like a line is, input. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This has got eighth inch jack. You can put in eighth inch mic. The mic's on it on the front of it. Actually, actually, really good. How I sort of used it. It before and how I sort of pictured it here on the show notes is uh, literally on the mounted on the on the um uh, mounted on the hot shoe with the zennheiser um, receiver next to it, and it's bloody light and it's really good because sometimes obviously those big recorders you don't really want to sort of mount this stuff, uh you know. Around. I mean, the, I guess with these two things, you don't even actually have to have these uh, on. If you're just using the H1 as a recorder, yeah, you could put one in the receiver in one pocket and the recorder in the other pocket and just run the cable around your stomach. (laughs) Well, you don't even (laughs) exactly. Um, No, but but seriously, like if you had cargo pants,
1: you could put the Sennheiser receiver and the zoom in your cargo pants, switch it on, um, and then just film happily. I think the thing about it is, I've got to say, the XLR inputs. I just want to be clear about this. I actually think XLR inputs are spectacularly useful. Absolutely. So I would get this if I already had some form of XLR recording device as this additional thing. I wouldn't
0: recommend this as my only solution. Plus, no, it's I'm only sorry. taking in one channel, isn't it? Uh, it is only actually I don't know what it takes in through the eighth inch. It is a, I think it is, it certainly is a stereo recorder. It's got really nice XY mics on the front of it, so it does How has much? a really has a really nice sound field from its its internal mics. Uh, so I guess if you I imagine you it would record to... stereo. It would have to record stereo. Yes, it would record stereo. I'm gonna say. So... I'm going to ch- go You're sticking your neck out.
1: because and then and it, you need like some kind of Y cable to split two Sennheiser signals into a left
0: and right. That's true. If you had two, you re- would, if you had two transmitters, you could yeah. record, which is something that you can't do with the 5D body. If you did have um, two, 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 um, you know, a, a two-person, two hosts in front of camera, you could actually well, have host and interviewee. Yeah. Yes, of course. Exactly. It's sometimes a bit hard to tell who's the host and who's the. Uh...
1: <laughs> You're just making this remark about me, aren't you? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so you could,
0: so yeah, you could help with this. With this, I mean, obviously, XLR has its uses, and for long runs and all that sort of stuff, and avoiding interference, it's great. But for this sort of stuff, where you're just quite small, quite small, inter- light, and in connects interconnects, the the the, um, the rig itself is quite light, and you're not doing long cable runs. That could be perfectly fine to have a um, uh, uh, one transmitter on your front pocket and the other transmitter in your back pocket, and the recorder recording both. Um, and then obviously you can then what you can't do with recording putting the Sennheiser receiver straight into the 5D you can't monitor anything so obviously you can put yeah, a headphone. Head, you can, yeah exactly hours. you can he- put your headphones into this and record make sure that uh you know there's no crackling and there's no issues it's okay to have 8 inch little plugs if you can keep an eye on it and if you know if something gets bumped or it wiggles or something gets crackly then you you're onto it So that that makes sense, and obviously you've got manual audio controls, and you can basically set and figure. Well, it has a it has a micro SD card in it, right? So you can just yeah yeah. I mean, micro SD is a little bit fiddly, and you know you've got to have the little adapter and things. So essentially, you can just you just plug it into the mini USB cable and just use it as a little flash drive and get your files off that way. But you know, it's like I mean, the thing is, it's like streets at like 99 US. I think I bought it here in Australia for like 130 bucks or something from TimeR Music, and it's just. You know, it's pretty. It's that's pretty affordable uh, for this kind of work. And I also thought, you know, it'd be great just just for interviews and stuff. It's just a really nice, pocketable thing, and and quite light. And you know, you're not you're not um, a little less. Um, um, uh, what you know, you don't have to worry so much about chucking it in your bag if you're going to go do interviews or whatever. So yeah. Anyway, that's 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 my little bit of gear. Um, yeah. So I think just move on to just do a little quick little Twitter mention. I've got one. I'm with Whether you. Want to have a think of someone, Mike? No, you go right ahead. Okay. Um, okay, well, I'm going to just plug Mitch Unger, who's doing a great job at Planet 5D, which is a really great blog. He's doing some really good chat rooms. If you follow him on uh, Twitter, which is uh, twitter.com slash planetmitch, uh, he'll plug whenever the... Tw- the um, um, chat rooms are open or for your particular time zones or when it's best to, to log in for those time zones. And so he's he's really sort of doing a good little thing for the community. The, the only community. thing I'd say, uh, yes? if I could just use
1: this opportunity to speak to him personally through the airwaves, please stop posting in your Twitter feed. Buy all your stuff from Amazon through this link, please. <laughs> just, you know, like everyone does that. Everybody does it. And if we yes, all fail,
0: just, you know... It's true. Like, mm-hmm. We can't we can't buy everything from everybody. It's
1: just like, and it just does it like like he's the only guy that's ever thought of it, right? And it's like, yeah, okay. And then that's exactly okay. the same thing over on Bloom's blog and exactly the same thing on... Anyway, sorry. Yeah, 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 indeed. I, I mean, know, I know, I know. I shouldn't complain, but um, okay. I, I like it too. Is the, the only reason that I actually haven't recommended his uh, Twitter feed earlier is because he keeps on posting those things and I go... Yeah. All right. In the box. In the
0: penalty box for another day. <laughs> okay. Well, you don't necessarily. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, look, well, like anyway. It's, says, it's, it's me worth... wrong. Yeah, look, I mean, he, what he's good is he's getting some really good people in there for people to learn from. So it's a little, I guess, it's little getting one on one, not one on one, but, you know, having. People at your uh, beck and call to ask questions, and you know, there's it's getting some really good, you know, professionals from the industry in there to uh, pick their brains. So, um, great if you're learning and picking up, uh, picking up ideas and, and concepts and learning new gear or software. Uh, yeah, so just just um, follow <laughs> Planet Mitch, uh, Twitter.com/slash Planet Mitch, and uh, uh, I'm sure he'll back off on the Amazon spam. <laughs> <laughs> anyway So mm. yeah Or just skip the whole Twitter thing And just go to blog.planet5d.com And you'll find the links to the chat rooms in there I'm sure But anyway look I was just basically saying I think he's doing good stuff For you know the community Getting people together And uh, uh, yeah So it's all about All about learning <laughs> huh. okay. okay Good Right That's me I think Excellent I'm off to go and um, keep uh, polishing my keynote thing for tonight's Sony 3 promo night thing, thing camera launch, show and tell.
1: Yes, so unfortunately by the time people hear this, it will
0: have in fact Yes, it'll be tonight, but Melbourne I think is uh, the week after, um, uh, that's next week, uh, I think like the 7th or 8th or so, and uh, Auckland I think after that, but uh, yeah, so... I'm going to have to go. (laughs) Why do I say yes to these things? Okay. Well, good luck. (laughs) Thanks, mate. And uh, Okay, so Mike, where can people find you?
1: Uh, Probably at fxguide.com, which is where I hang, and uh, obviously on the Twitters at slash Mike Seymour. And, uh, yeah, I just want to just uh, give a shout-out to the guys that uh, edit the show up, um, like Matt Graham and... um, because so, there are people that work on these behind-the-scenes. We don't mention them enough, I don't think. And also I want to mention, if I can, our other podcast, The VFX Show, uh, which has just been recorded discussing um, Harry Potter, and uh, the F- FX podcast, which is um, uh, this week, I think, discussing Krakatoa, which we might have discussed, uh, I think, in a previous ep here on, on Even Red Center. And we have some really good uh, Harry Potter podcasts coming up on that and then of course over at FX Guide TV and I just want to clarify FX Guide TV is not the video version of FX podcast, they are quite separate they may in any one week uh, cover completely different material Um, and all of that's over at uh, fxguide.com and keep an eye out on FX Guide because things are brewing and stuff will be changing maybe soon, I'll keep my mouth shut
0: Um, yes and thank you Jason for your time Thank you Uh, You can find me at uh, jasonwingrove.com or vimeo.com slash wingrove uh, yeah, at uh, uh, or twitter.com slash Wingrove. so any of those uh, catch you then thanks guys for listening as always any thoughts, comments if you've got any uh, help be our news feed sort of brains trust um, fxguide.com slash red centre and uh, yeah let, ping us and let us know
1: until next time I'm Mike Seymour see you guys
0: see you. thanks for listening If
1: you have any questions or comments, please email us, red, at
0: fxguide.com.
1: Copyright 2010, FXGuide, LLC.